Hello. Hello. Hello to my Instagrammers. Hello, 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 y'all come on in, come on in, y'all know how I do, y'all know how I do, y'all know how I do, I'm ready. And so I am on y'all come in and say good morning to me say good morning good morning good morning good morning good morning huh listen we're almost through we are almost through good morning to you good morning good morning good morning listen i came in right at 11. won't god do it yes 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 y'all come on in come on in y'all know i always give y'all five minutes to get your bibles to get your notepads to get your ink pens come on come on in the room <laughs> Y'all come on, come on, come on. It's time to go forward. It is time to go forward. It is. While y'all preparing, I'm preparing. We are almost through. We are almost through. How has y'all day been so far? How everything been going? Are you blessed and highly favored of the Lord? My Instagrammers, are y'all blessed and highly favored of the Lord on today? Huh? How are things going? How is everything going? listen right quick i want to talk to you all about that's it the joy of the lord is my strength i want to tell you all about a series that i am getting ready to start over in my um over in my um dr serena hallway marriage ministries page if y'all have not if y'all are not following me and i'm gonna put this on here um, if y'all are not following me, and I'm going to write it just like it is so y'all can follow me over on this page, because some of you want to be married, and I want to help you all understand the reasons why we need. So I just put on here, Dr. Serena Holloway Marriage Ministries. That's a, that's my That's my Facebook page where I post nothing but um, marriage quotes or something that God gives me concerning marriage. But on that page, I am, um, I am 
um, getting ready to do a series on March the 1st, and it will be still Bible study brunch at 11 a.m., and it's called What's Causing Your Lack of Intimacy in Your Marriage? What's causing the lack of intimacy in your marriage bedroom? And I'm going to be talking about um, is it your emotions that's causing the lack? Is it sin that's causing the lack? Is it a medical issue that's causing the lack? Some of you need to understand the purpose of um, intimacy. And it's not about sexual intimacy, but we have emotional intimacies. We have physical intimacies. We have spiritual intimacies. There are different forms of intimacy that we are to be doing as a married couple and knowing that our marriage bedroom is sacred and knowing that God honors marriages and the bed is undefiled. So if our marriage bedroom is undefiled and God honors our marriage, then what is what are we doing or what are we not doing that's causing our beds to be defiled by either our emotions, by uh, sin, or by medical issues? And then learning um, the importance of these things that whatever the issue is, whatever it, whatever the cause is, but being able to understand that God is here to help, that there are resources in this world to help, and none of them is going to help you stay broken. Some of them are not going to help you stay broken. Some of them are not going to help you to stay hurt. Some of them are not going to uh, uh, hurt you to, to the healing that you need in the sacredness in your bedroom and and to be honest lord help me jesus and to be honest if you are that married couple and you are good with missionary style hey be great in that but there are there is a husband or there is a wife that is lacking some of those areas in their bedroom they're lacking the companionship they're lacking the touch they're lacking the love. They're lacking um, the, the spiritual side of it because you're not having communication. You're not talking about what it is or what it could be. You're not going and seeking the help. If you know mentally you're messed up and your emotions are all over the place, you literally got to go and, and, and seek your PCP, your primary care physician to run some tests and just to see and listen to what the issues and the struggles are. Because once you find out what the problem is, then you take those and say, okay, God, this is what's been said. This is what's been stated. Here's the issue. This is what they're saying that I need to do. But God, you are a healer and you are a deliverer. God, I know that you can change in this area. Lord, my desire is to please my husband. Lord, my desire is to please my wife. Lord, our desire is to please one another in our bedroom. And nothing and no one should enter into your bedroom to disrupt, to bring defilement into your personal space. That's just a, that's just a, that's just, that's just a, um, a little small snippet of what these going to be in 10. Cause here are the topics. The top one, the first topic, menopause, women, 
for the man to understand the true concept of menopause and how it literally messes up our hormones and causes it to be all out of whack. The second topic is erectile dysfunction. Men, knowing the signs, realizing the causes. The third topic, adultery slash lust from both parties. What's causing you to go outside the marriage? What's causing you to be in this emotional state? Mental illness, both parties. What's causing your depression to where you're not able to perform? Uh, medications, both parties. There are some medications that decreases your, your sexual desires, that decreases um, those urges that you should have. Read the signs, read the, um, the, the side effects, knowing, know what you're taking because at the end of the day, just because our doctor says, um, we're going to put you on this. Well, is this going to, is it going to cause me to have a low self-esteem? Is this going to cause me to be depressed? Is this going to go, what, what is it? Cause if there's something else you can try to give me, that's not going to do that. Let's just do that. You don't have to accept, even if they offer you medication, now you know what the problem is take that to god in prayer y'all now both can pray together y'all can work on it you can find some natural herbs and, and all these things oh i'm going to help y'all come march first oh this is going to be a blessing and the last final thing verbal or physical abuse by both parties if you continue <clears throat> excuse me if you continue to verbal abuse your spouse, if you continue to physically abuse your spouse, you literally in your right mind can't expect them to be in that place of love, in that place of feeling. Yes, it is scriptural. Oh, I'm about to help y'all. Yes, it is scriptural about you're not to defraud one another. You're, you're the keepers of both your bodies, but you need to learn how to keep. You need to learn how to speak. You need to learn how to be nice. You need to learn how to use your words with wisdom. Because at the end of the day, the scripture also says in concerning the fraud not, is so that Satan won't come in and separate. Satan won't come in and connive. Satan won't come in. You're only supposed to separate in that area when it's greed upon and you are or you are on or Mother Nature has come coming take a spot or you're fasting you're praying you're doing it i've studied all of this so it's going to be online through facebook youtube and instagram again what's causing your lack of intimacy in your marriage bedroom and some of you do not know some of you do not understand so those of you who are also smart and you got it down how about going helping somebody else share your testimony this is really going to be good so so I wanted to put that out there. Go and like my page. Follow me on Dr. Serena Holloway Marriage Ministries. If you desire to become a wife or a husband, if you desire to be married again, and if, you're, and if you um, want your marriage restored in those areas, you need to be a part of this teaching, this Bible study. Those of you who know me know that I'm a biblical um counselor i am a biblical counselor i do marriage um ministries biblically i do marriage counseling biblically premarital counseling biblically 
because I don't want to give you something that I haven't done. I don't want to give you something that I, I haven't been in. So what does Jesus say? What does Paul say? What does God say? Amen. What does Serena say? So in all of this, what does doctors say that has experience in these areas? God gives man wisdom to be able to help those who may have this issue and need to know what it is. And then when you find out what it is, you let God heal you. You let God deliver you. You let God free you. So you're no longer, so you're, you're no longer um, captive by the things of the unknown. And then you're not finding yourself going outside of your marriage, going outside of the relationship, going outside of your wife, going outside of your husband. Listen, learning how to be that freak your spouse needs. Listen, when we was in the world before we got married, we was doing all sorts of things. So now that you're married, you don't want to give your husband a lap dance. A lap dance. Now that you're married, you don't want to see your wife taking her clothes off and you throwing money at her. So the same thing y'all were doing in the world, come through the word of God and satisfy your spouse in your house, in your marriage bedroom, because the bed is undefiled and God honors marriages. So listen, if you're not ready for me to be raw and real, then I expect you to slide on through. If it's not for you, slide on through. Don't hinder someone else from getting what they need because you believe you already have what you need. Well, if you already have what you need, let somebody else get what they need. If you're happy, let them be happy. Amen. Amen. So with all of that being said, let's now move on into the Job series. Don't allow your continence to change your confidence. Amen. So, Lord God, I thank you for today. I thank you for allowing me to come through with this Job series one more time, God. God, I thank you for allowing me to give what you tell me to give, to speak what you tell me to speak, to move the way you tell me to move. And if it's not you, I won't move in it. So, God, I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Continue to move mightily in your people. And, God, those who are watching publicly and those who are watching privately, Lord God, that you allow their hearts, their minds, and their spirits to be open for what you will have for them. God, as I decrease, you increase. Allow your Holy Spirit to take hold of my body, to be able to speak through me, for me, to your people in the mighty name of jesus let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable unto thy sight oh lord my strength and my redeemer and lord god i thank you and i bless your name and i glorify you in the name of the father son and the holy ghost in jesus name i pray we pray and we all say amen 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 yes it is. Um, good to see you on here, Pastor Debbie. I don't know if you're still on here, but hi, how are you doing? Um, Providence Cadelia, it's good to see you on here again on today. Um, I pray that the Lord will bless you abundantly in those areas that you are praying for and that God will give you exactly the desires of your heart. Amen. So on yesterday, 
I pray you got your, you have your Bibles, your notepads, and your pens. Thank you all for sharing this to your pages. Thank you for inviting your friends and your families to come along. Hey, good to see you on here, Sabrina. Good to see you on here, Glenda. And I pray that I say something that's going to encourage you. Those who may be watching for the first time, I am talking about um, don't allow your continence to change your confidence. And you have to understand the purpose that Job was placed here for. God had a talk with Satan. Satan had a talk with God. And it was God who said, do you consider my servant Job? So, amen. Amen, Glenda. So, we talked about Elihu yesterday in chapter 32. And then we went through um, Then I talk to you all about Nope Here we go Job chapter 23 33, sorry So I put it in here where I'm at Job 33 That's where we are Job 33 And I'm going to be coming to you from the New Living Translation um, I usually start out with um the king james version i do but i decided that i keeps my new living translation um on standby because it gives us a better understanding of what needs to be spoken amen so now elihu came through on yesterday talking to the friends about how he was young and they were older and he felt the need that he couldn't say anything or say too much but on today we're going to listen to elihu present his case against job so um 33 says wherefore let me cut the music down now because it seems like i'm screaming so wherefore job i pray thee hear my speeches and hearken to all my words behold now i have opened my mouth my tongue has spoken in my mouth my words shall be of the uprightness of my heart and my lips shall utterly knowledge clearly the spirit of god had made me and the breath of the almighty had given me life if you can't answer me set your words in order before me and stand up behold i am according to thy wish in god's stead I also am formed out of the clay. So listen, Elihu says, listen to my words, Job. Pay attention to what I have to say. Now that I have begun to speak, let me continue. I speak with all sincerity. I speak the truth for the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. Answer me if you can make your case and take your stand. Elihu said, look, you and I both belong to God. I too was formed from clay. So you don't need to be afraid of me. I won't come down hard on you. You have spoken in my hearing and I have heard your very words. You said, I am pure. I am without sin. I am innocent. I have no guilt. 
God is picking a quarrel with me and he considers me his enemy. He puts my feet in the stocks and watches me and watches my every move. Elihu says, but you are wrong and I will show you why. For God is greater than any human being. So why are you bringing a charge against him? Why say he does not respond to people's complaints? For God speaks again and again. Though people do not recognize it, he speaks in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on the people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. Elihu about to get the, listen, Elihu about to get the charge because <laughs> God about to come through and snatch his whole soul. So 17 says, he makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over the river of death. Or God disciplines people with pain on their sick beds, with ceaseless aching in their bones. They lose their appetite for even the most delicious food. Their flesh wastes away and their bones stick out. They are at death's door. The angels of death wait for them. Now, mind you, these were some of the words that Job said previously in our reading, right? So what Elihu is saying is that, of course, when we get, when we come down with a sickness or we are hurt or we find ourselves being hurt by our loved one or our adultery hits our home, we will. We won't eat. We'll lose weight, we'll be sad, we'll be depressed, we'll be broken, we'll be devastated. We'll, we'll feel like, why is this happening to me? Like, what is really going on? And we'll, we'll, we will say, dang God, why would you put me in this position? God, do you not see my suffering? Do you not see what they've done to me? Do you not see how they've made me feel? So in reality, that is true. In reality, that is definitely true. In reality, it is true. When we become hurt, when we become devastated, when we become um, feeling like this is so unbearable that I can't even stand. But I want to let you know on today that if it is unbearable, it's doable. I, I want to put that in there. I want to put that in there with you on today. If it is unbearable, it is doable. And how can I back that up with scripture? Romans chapter eight. How can I also say that? Because Jeremiah, let me, let me go there right fast. Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells us Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells us that for I know the thoughts that I think towards you saith the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end so at the end of the day what we have to understand is we're all encouraged by a leader who stares us to move ahead. Someone who believes we can do the task he has given and who will be with us all the way. God is that kind of leader. He knows the future. 
and his plans for us are good and full of hope. As long as the God who knows the future provides our agenda and goes with us, we will fulfill his mission. So if it's unbearable with God, it is doable. Can I back it up with another scripture? There is nothing too hard for God. God can do the impossible. So therefore, with God, all things are possible. Without God, nothing can be done. So we have to understand that we can have boundaries. We can have safety. We can have a safe place. We can have a boundless hope in God. This does not mean we will be spared from pain. It does not mean we will be spared from suffering. It does not mean we will be spared from hardships. It does not mean we will be spared from losing a loved one. It does not mean that life won't become a struggle. But it means that God will see us through to a glorious conclusion. So he doesn't think of us with an evil thought. He wants to give us an expected end. But we must run the way. We must run the race. We must stay the course. We must not allow our continents to change our continents. I mean, we must not allow our continents to change our confidence. Ask yourself. So if Psalms 118, Lord help me. If Psalm 118 If Psalm 118 and 8 says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Why? Because when you put confidence in man, you're only looking for a temporary fix. When you put confidence in man, you're looking to be hurt. You're looking to be betrayed. You're looking to be talk down to you're looking to be mistreated mishandled misunderstood you're looking to be disrespected disregarded you're looking for that but if you put your confidence in god who's able to give you hope who's able to heal you who's able to show you who's able to carry you uh, it was Peter who said, cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. It was Jesus who said, pick up your cross and follow me. It was the woman with the issue of blood that believed if she could just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, she would be healed. Lord, help me, Jesus. So you have to understand, you have to understand that if it's unbearable, it's doable. 
listen Elihu went on and said in 23 Job I'm at Job 33 and 23 but if an angel from heaven appears a special messenger to intercede for a person and declare that he is upright he will be gracious and save rescue him from the grave for i have found a ransom for his life then his body will become as healthy as a child's sperm and youthful again when he prays to god he will be accepted and god will receive him with joy and restore him to good standing he will declare to his friends i sinned and twisted the truth but it was not worth it god rescued me from the grave and now my life is lifted with light listen let me help let me let me let me show you let me let me read this to you all being informed brings a sense of security. It's natural to want to know what's happening in our lives. It's natural. Why is it natural? Because we're human. Job wanted to know what was going on. Job wanted to know why he was suffering. So in these previous chapters, we sense his frustration. How many of you, now y'all can answer this. How many of you are on here? You can answer because I'm going to answer. <laughs> Listen, how many of you literally felt Job's frustration? Me. Me. I felt all of his frustration. Me. I'm going to comment. I can say if nobody felt Job's frustration, I felt Job's frustration. I, I felt his whole soul. Hey, Lisa, listen, Job was beyond frustrated. How many of you are frustrated when you are sitting with your friend or somebody's calling you and you're asking how your day is and you just begin to tell them what's going on and they want to they wanna point out everything else but what the problem is. They want to point out everything else but what the struggle is. They want to point out everything else and, and, and not, they want to they wanna speak to my problem, but you're not bringing me, listen, you want to speak to my problem, but I haven't heard a spoken solution. Can I say that again? You want to speak to my problem, but I haven't heard a spoken solution. I, I got to say that again. I have to say it again. You want to speak to my problem, but I haven't heard a spoken solution. If I already know that my body is full of boils, if I already know I've lost my children, if I already know my husband is stripping, if I already know I'm no longer in a position where I once was, why tell me something that I already know when I'm trying to figure out what it is that I don't know, what it is that I don't understand? What it is that I, I hear the, the norm, but can somebody give me the, the, the unnormal? Don't tell me what I know. Tell me what I don't know. Don't show me what I know. Show me what I don't know. I'm bringing you my call. I'm bringing you my calls, but my case is with God. And y'all are missing it. Listen, listen. Elihu claimed to have the answer for Job's biggest question. Why doesn't God tell me what is happening? How many of you have asked God what is happening? What is going on? 
Why did they hurt me? Why did they push me away? Why did I lose my job? Why did I have a miscarriage? Why did this happen to me? Why wasn't I protected? Why was I given away? Why was I cheated on? Why was I betrayed? Why did the, the knife go into my back? Why am I not in a position? Why have they not given me a place? Why? How many of you have asked those questions to God? Literally, you have to understand that when you seek God for clarity, when you seek God for guidance, when you seek God for direction, when you seek God for help, when you seek him, when you seek him, when you call out to him, he answers. May not in your time, but he answers right on time. Psalms 121, 1 and 2 and 3, I believe it is. I will lift up my eyes into the hills from which cometh my help and know that my help cometh from the Lord who created heaven and earth. The question is, do you believe? Do you have faith? Can you wait? Because Isaiah, Lord have mercy. Let me, let me read Isaiah 54. No, Isaiah 40. Let me read Isaiah 40 and 31 to you. Isaiah, I need to write, I need to put that in here. Y'all go back and y'all watch it. Isaiah 40. 31. There you go. Isaiah. Isaiah 40 and 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. So we all need regular times to listen to God. Waiting upon the Lord is expecting his promised strength to help us rise above life's distractions and difficulties. Listening to God helps us to be prepared for when he speaks to us. Be patient when he asks us to wait and expect him to fulfill the promises found in his word. But here's the thing. If you are reading your word, you will hear God speaking. If you are reading your word, you will hear God speaking. If you are reading your word, you will hear God speaking. Because he said in Psalm 34, let me help you out. Psalms 37, 34, Psalms 34 and 19. Listen, you know what? But I want to start at the 16th verse. So I'm going to read Psalms 34. No, let me do it like this. Let me just, just put in there. Um, put in, let me, y'all don't need that. 
Listen, Psalms 34, 1. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you eight. I'm going to give you 16 through 19. Then I'm going to give you, um, but I'm going to tell y'all later, just read, just read all of Psalm 34. That that right there. So listen, that, that right there I'm going to give you. That, that right there. Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Isn't that what's going on with Job? Even though he was going through, but the Lord's name stayed continually in his mouth. He blessed the Lord by I love you. Verse 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that continues to trust in him. We know that if you find a word, see a word that's got TH at the end of it, that means continually. If you continually to taste the Lord and see that he is good, then you got to continually to trust in him and you'll be blessed. 16 through 19, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So Elihu wasn't speaking wrong. He was speaking right. But again, he did what, his, what Job's three friends did. You speaking right, but to the wrong person. Job is telling you, I'm an upright man. I'm not prideful. I'm not proud. I'm not boasting. I'm not bagging. I'm literally giving God the praises. I'm literally giving God worship. I'm literally giving God what he has said and what he has done in my life. So when I'm saying I need God to speak to me, let me go back. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, the righteous cry, and the Lord continues to hear them. Just because you're suffering doesn't mean the Lord is not hearing you. Just because you are failing doesn't mean the Lord does not hear you. Just because you're broken doesn't mean that God is not listening. Just because you've been hurt doesn't mean God is not hearing you. Just because whatever is going on in your life, God hears the righteous cry. He hears your cry continually and will continually deliver them out of all their troubles. God will continually deliver you out of your troubles. If he got you out of trouble the first time, he gonna get you out of trouble the next time. If God healed your body the first time, he gonna heal your body the next time. If God freed you from that person, he gonna free you from that person. If God broke you free from that thing, he gonna break you free from this thing. You have to know that if God done it once, he's going to do it again. I said weeks ago, every cry is different. But God is the same God that's yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's, about, it's something about when God hears his children crying. But just because he does not come when you want him to come, 
Say because you want him to free you when you want to be free. Because you have to understand, God knows us like the back of his hands. How do I know that? Because his word tells us he knows every string of hair that are, that is on our head, whether it's fake or real. He still knows. So he knows that we really want to come out of a bad relationship. He knows that we really want to come out of a bad marriage. He knows that we really want to be a, 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 a free from drugs or alcohol. He knows. So if he's not delivering you at that moment, it's only because the next day, you're going to be back in it. Oh, I'm talking right. Oh, oh, I'm talking right. I know what I'm talking about because I've been there. Lord, if you get me out of this club, I promise I won't go back. Next weekend, I'm back at the club. Oh, come on. Lord, if you deliver me from these cigarettes, I promise I won't buy another pack. In an hour, I'm at the store buying me a pack of cigarettes. Lord, if you get me out of this worship, I promise you I won't go back. Within that, that night, you get a phone call. Yeah, come on over. He knows. He knows. He knows when your heart is ready. He knows when your heart is ready. So just because the righteous is crying doesn't mean he's not going to deliver you. But when he delivers you, he's going to show enough deliver you. Because then he knows. That's why he was like, the Lord ain't hearing me. He hearing you. It was Jesus that said, "It was I believe it was Jesus that said, you're, I, I hear you, I see your lips moving. I, 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 I see, I, I hear your lips talking, but your heart is far from me. I, I'm just saying, listen, he knows. 18 says, the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and continue to save such as be of a contrite spirit. But here's number 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord continues to deliver him out of them all. Lord, help me, Jesus. What you got to understand when David wrote this, David encouraged others to trust and fear God and to exemplify faith, truth, obedience, and goodness in their lives he feared god and for the most part he chose the way of goodness and peace david even treated some of his worst enemies with kindness peter quoted these verses as a strategy for living in a non-christian environment somehow we think that peace should come to us with no effort but David explained that we are to seek and pursue peace. We often wish we could escape troubles, the pain of grief, the pain of loss, the pain of sorrow, the pain of failure, or even the small daily frustrations that constantly wear us down. But do you understand that the scripture tells us that Satan comes to wear out the saints? that Satan comes to wear out the righteous, that Satan comes to wear out the good people. Satan's job is to kill, steal, and destroy. So God promises to be our source of power, our source of courage, and our source of wisdom. To do what? To help us through our problems, to help us through our situations. 
to help us through a failing marriage, to help us through finances that are just all over the place, to help us through our children that are so disobedient, to help us through our friends that don't know how to be a friend, to help us through relationships that's just all over the place, to help us, to help us in every area of our life. So when, so when trouble strikes, don't get frustrated with God. When trouble strikes, don't get frustrated with God. Don't be mean to God. Don't hurt God by rejecting him and walking away from him. Even though he might have done it like he did it to Job. <laughs> you got to trust the process. You got to trust the process. You got to trust the purpose. You got to trust the position. You got to trust the place. You got to trust God. A thousand percent. You got to believe that he'll do it. All you need is faith as a grain as a mustard seed. Instead, we must humbly admit that you need his help and thank him for being by your side. Listen, this is what you all have to understand. This is what you all have to understand. God is a loving God. God is a loving God. That's right. Trust the process. It's necessary. God is a loving God. But God is not to be played with. God is not to be taken advantage of. God is not to be used. God is not to be taken lightly. The scripture tells us it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. He loves you. God loves you with his, with every soul in his being. Listen, there's a scripture in Isaiah. And I want to say 43. Um. Hold on. Or let me see. Hold on. I want to give y'all this scripture. I want to show y'all you all how much he love how much God loves you. Listen. Okay. Is Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49. Listen, I'm going to show y'all how much God loves you. That's right. He's always with us. Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49 and 16 reads this. And I, I was listening to Joyce Myers talk about something and she quoted this scripture and I was just like, OMG. But Isaiah chapter 49 and 16 says, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Here's what you, I need to read that in a New Living Translation. Y'all need to be able to, y'all going to have to get this. Listen, Isaiah 49 and 16. 
This is what God said in the New Living Translation. God said, see, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Always in my hand is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruins. God loves you so much that he has written your names in the palm of his hands. And he's seen and and he and, and always in his mind, he always, it's always in his mind. Hear me. You are always in his mind of your struggles, of your situations, of your problems, whatever it is, he is always in, he is, uh, you are, you. You are always in his mind. You. And he has written your name in the palm of his hand. He has written your name in the palm of his hand. That's what he has done. God's message has been told plainly and clearly, not in secret. We have a tendency to complicate God's message as we add to it. When God talks through his messenger, whomever he has chosen, our job is to listen. The closer we come to God, the better we can listen to what he says. When are we going to sit and just listen and obey the voice of God? Listen, let me, let me, let me, let me finish this. Elihu's point was that God had spoken again and again. He spoke in dreams and in visions through suffering and by messengers or medi medi uh, medi mediating angels who take men's sacrifices to God. Job already knew. Job already knew that. Job through, through, through from Job 1, well, from Job 4. Job 3 up until 33, Job knew the word of God. Job knew the judgment of God. Job knew the love of God. Job knew the, 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 the judgment, the statute, the commandments of God. He knew this. But Elihu, like Job's friends, accused Job of not listening to God which was not true because, and can I tell y'all why it wasn't true? That part wasn't true because Job kept saying a couple of times, the almighty is not answering me. The almighty is not listening to me, but God was listening and God was answering through Job because every time his friend said something, Job was able to come through and say, Regardless of what you're saying, God is not doing that to me because I was I, I showed no wrong in that. Job said, if I would have shown wrong in that, 
then yeah, I can accept that. Then yeah, I accept my punishment. I'll accept the consequences of my actions and my sins if I have sinned, but I haven't sinned because I know what I've done. I know what I've said. I know where I've been. I know where I haven't gone. So what you're saying, you're right, but that's not, that's not, that's not true. Listen, so furthermore, Elihu answered and said, hear my words, O ye wise men, and give ear unto me, ye that have knowledge. I'm in Job 34 just a little bit. I ain't going to stay here in here too long. I ain't going to stay in here too long, but. Elihu went on to say, Elihu went on to say, I'm in the wrong spot. I was still in Isaiah. I was like, wait a minute. That's not what Job said. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Listen. He said, so now Elihu is accusing Job now of being arrogant. Listen. When people can't find something wrong with you, they'll look for something else. Elihu said, listen to me, you wise men. Pay attention. You have knowledge. Job said, the ear tests the words it hears just as the mouth distinguishes between foods. So let us discern for ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. For, for Job also said, I am innocent. God has taken away my rights. I am innocent, but they call me a liar. My suffering is incurable, though I have not sinned. Tell me, has there ever been a man like Job with his thirst for ir 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 irreverent talk? He chooses evil people as companions. So now you're questioning his kindness. You're, you're questioning his thoughtfulness. You're questioning what he's done good. He said, he spends his time with wicked men. He has even said, why waste time trying to please God? Listen to me, you who have understanding. Everyone knows that God doesn't sin. The Almighty can do no wrong. He repays people according to their deeds. He treats people as they deserve. Truly, God will not do wrong. The Almighty will not twist justice. Did someone else put the world in his care? Who set the whole world in its place? If God were to take back his spirit and withdraw his breath, all life would cease and humanity would turn against, uh, turn again to dust. Elihu says, now listen to me. If you are wise, pay attention to what I say. Could God govern if he hated justice? Are you going to, he says to kings, you are wicked and to nobles, you are unjust. He doesn't care how great a person may be. And he pays no more attention to the rich than to the poor. He made them all. In a moment, they die. In the middle of the night, they pass away. The mighty are removed without human hand. For God watches how people live. He sees everything they do. No darkness is thick enough to hide the wicked from his eyes. We don't set the time when we will come before God in judgment. He brings the mighty to ruin without asking anyone. And he sets up others in their place. He knows what they do. And in the night, he overturns and destroys them. He strikes them down because they are wicked, doing it openly for all to see. But they turned away from following him. They have no respect for any of his ways. They cause the poor to cry out, catching God's attention. He hears the cries of the needy. But if he chooses to remain quiet, 
who can criticize him? When he hides his face, no one can find him. Whether an individual or a nation, he prevents the godless from ruling so they cannot be a snare to the people. 31, why don't people say to God, I have sinned, but I will sin no more. Or I don't know what evil I have done. Tell me if I have done wrong, I will stop at once. Listen, Job 34, 33 says, must God tailor his justice to your demands? But you have rejected him. The choice is yours, not mine. Go ahead, share your wisdom with us. After all, bright people will tell me and wise people will hear me say, Job speaks out of ignorance. <laughs> I hope y'all catching this. He said, Job speaks out of ignorance. His words lack insight. Job, you deserve the maximum penalty for the wicked way you have taught. For you have added rebellion to your sin. You show no respect and you speak many angry words against God. Now tell me what Elihu had just did in Job 34. He just put judgment on Job. God doesn't sin and is never unjust. Elihu claimed throughout this book that Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar <laughs> was not wise. But check this out. Through all of that, Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, and Elihu all have elements of truth in their speeches. But unfortunately, some might say, but unfortunately, but unfortunately, <laughs> but unfortunately, Lord, help me, Jesus, but unfortunately. But unfortunately, yeah, I'm making sure this gets everywhere. But unfortunately, the nuggets of truth are buried under layers of false assumptions and conclusions. Although we might have wealth of Bible knowledge and life experiences, we must make sure our conclusions are consistent with all of God's word, not just part of it. Meaning we can't be partial, we can't be biased, and we can't be judgmental. If we speak what thus saith the Lord, it's got to line it with the word of God. We should be able to recognize an upright man. We should be able to recognize an upright woman. We should be able to recognize a false prophet from a true prophet. We should be able to recognize false teachings and real teachings. We should be able to recognize what's genuine and what's a fake, a replica. <laughs> Excuse me. We should be able to recognize that. 
you will recognize it if you're in the word of God. You will recognize it if you're in the word of God. So listen, thank you all again for tuning in. Tomorrow, we will walk through Job 35 and Job 36 and Job 37. So my desire, my hope, my prayer is that we walk through Job 35, Job 36, and Job 37. We're going to continue to listen to what Elihu has to say. Because come Job 38, the Lord speaks. And that will be on Monday. So on tomorrow, I'm coming through with 36, 30, uh, 35, 36, and 37. And come Monday, y'all know I don't do this on Saturday and Sunday. It's Monday through Friday from 11 to 12. Amen. Monday through Friday, 11 to 12. I just want to be with you for an hour unless the Lord say otherwise. But we are walking through this thing together in Jesus' name. We are walking through this thing together in Jesus' name. We are walking through this thing together in Jesus' name. Amen. We must stay in the word of God, studying it, breaking it down. King James Version, if it's too hard for you to understand, do research with the NIV, the NKJV, the NLT, the AMP, the AMPC, the SCB, whatever. Study the word of God and get it for yourself. You must get it for yourself. You got to get it for yourself, people. You, you got to read the word of God. Get with you some wise women, wise men, leadership. They're just not telling you to read it. And then if, if you're following them, don't be afraid to say, show me in scripture. Show me in the word. Explain that to me. Yes, I get it. You can't eat from everybody's table. I get that. You'll wind up with indigestion. You'll wind up with diarrhea. I get that. You wind up being, I, I get all that. But it was God who, it was David who said, he prepares a table be, uh, um, before me in the presence of my enemy. So everybody can sit at my table. Everybody can sit at my table. Because at the end of the day, I, I, I want to share what God gives to me, to others that are sitting around me, to others that are sitting with me. Jesus said, I don't sit with those who think they know. I sit with those who don't know and want to be healed. I sit with those who need a physician, who needs a doctor, not somebody that thinks they already got it together and they're already healed and they don't need anything else. John 1 and 12 says to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When you are ready to become a children of God, when you're ready to become a child of God, then you do what is necessary because Second Chronicles 7 and 14 says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. He said, then I will heal their land. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive them of their sin. You're going to struggle. You're going to suffer. You're going to have bad days. You're going to be depressed on some days. Oppression is going to hit you. You may lose someone. You may lose your job. 
you may go through, you may not, whatever the case may be, but God said in his word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So the same way he was with Moses, he'll be with you. The same way he was with Abraham, he'll be with you. The same way he was with the people in Esther, he'll be with you. The same way he was with Jesus, he'll be with you. Why? Because God is who he is yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul. Follow Jesus. Pick up your cross and follow him. Be blessed. Be made whole. Don't just receive a healing. Receive wholeness, completeness. Amen. Amen. Don't allow your continence to change your confidence. Thank you for tuning in to Can We Talk About It Live. I am Dr. Serena Holloway. This is Dr. Serena Holloway Deliverance Ministries. I'm here to help, not to be a hindrance. I'm here to love you, not to hate you. I'm here to give to you and not to take from you. I've been called and I've been chosen. Amen. Amen. Know that I love you. God loves you more. And if it's the Lord's will, I'll be on here tomorrow at 11 a.m. Amen. Amen.